0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Student of the Gun University, a place for education and enlightenment. We help you gain a new perspective and understanding of firearms training. Your teacher today will be Professor Paul Markle, a veteran small arms and tactics instructor with 30 years of knowledge and experience. Grab your number two pencil, turn to page one, and let the learning begin. Ladies and gentlemen, you know what time it is. Yes, indeed, it's time for another student of the Gun University. And today we will continue, uh, as is our wanton desire, with our examination of the four pillars of combat. Yes, we started this four weeks ago. We started with mindset, then we moved on to tactics, then to skill. Now we're going to be talking about gear. Yes, we come to the final pillar uh, or of the four pillars uh, of gear. And uh, this is obviously, it should be obvious to you, this is where most American men Uh, that's where they focus all of their thoughts or the majority of their thoughts, their money and their time. We focus it on gear. Now that's not necessarily a terrible thing, but it can be, it can be a terrible thing. Uh, for instance, if, if you had a lot of disposable income, let's say you had a really good job or, you know, whatever, and uh, you got a bunch of disposable income and you decide you'd like guitars. so you go to, you go to the online sites, or you go to the to the shops. You go to the local music shops, or the guitar centers, or whatever, and you you poke around. And you're like, wow, that is a a a fire red or a, a cherry red or whatever Fender Stratocaster, or you find a Les Paul, or you find a Gibson, or whatever. You're like, man, that's a good looking guitar. Man, that's an awesome guitar. Or you're you're reading a music magazine and you look on the cover. And your favorite guitar player is on the cover and he's holding a guitar, and you're like, oh, that is so cool. That is so sexy. That is so badass. And so, what do you do? You know, Randy Rhodes, you go out and you buy yourself a Randy Rhodes, you know, a Jackson Scythe guitar, uh, or you go out and buy yourself a Stratocaster like Hendrix played or what have you, and uh, you start collecting guitars. Nothing wrong with collecting guitars. You know, you talk about guitars, you look at them, you touch them, you hold them. That's great. What does that make you? Does that make you a musician? Are you a rock star because you went out and bought a 25th anniversary, you know, Fender Stratocaster? Or are they on 50 now? Maybe they're on 50 now, 50th anniversary Fender Stratocaster. Does that make you a rock star? Of course, you're sitting out there and you're like, duh. Of course it doesn't, Paul. Buying a guitar doesn't make you a musician. Yeah, you're correct. Thank you for a- for answering that. Buying a guitar, uh, no matter how sexy it is, no matter how expensive it is, you know, you could drop $1,500 on a super Gucci Les Paul or Gibson or whatever. Does that make you a guitar player? Does it make you a musician? Does that make you a rock star? No. No, it doesn't. I'm going to I'm gonna break your heart, so you might want to sit down or take some deep breaths or maybe take a sip of water or something. Uh, buying a $2,699 tricked-out Gucci Glock with gold triggers and gold barrels and cuts in the slide and grooves and, and red dots and, and threaded barrels and all of that stuff, buying that does not make you a good shooter. I mean all that it means is you were a person that had some disposable income, and you bought an object. Now speaking of that two thousand nine hundred six hundred and ninety nine dollar salient arms or what you know fill in the blank super Gucci Glock with the cuts in the slide so you can see the barrel and the and uh, all the fancy uh, artwork carved into the side of it. Does that is that actually a a better gun than in a stock out of the box Glock 19? Does it shoot straighter? Does it, is it more powerful? Do do 9mm projectiles come out of a barrel of the Salient Arms Gucci Glock? Do they come out straighter or faster or are they more powerful? than those that come out of the barrel of a standard Glock 19 do they you're like well I mean uh, no uh, you know no they don't but but what good gear cannot and should not be discounted and if we're going to fight to save our own lives if we're going to fight to save the lives of innocent people we want to have good, solid, reliable gear, right? How do we sort through all the noise and the clutter and quite frankly, the, the hype, the hyperbole uh, and the, the nonsense and secure actual high quality, useful gear for ourselves? How do you know? How do you know the difference between good gear and and crappy gear. How do you know the difference between a duty-quality gun and a hobby gun? Yes, I said hobby gun. There are lots of firearms out there that seem to be cool or good ideas or interesting or whatever, but when it comes down to it, they're not for fighting, they're not for combat, they're not for saving lives, they're for a hobby they're playthings, they're toys. Now, if you're with me here because you want to learn or discover or further your ability to fight with firearms in your hand, then you need to know the difference between hobby guns and real, genuine fighting guns. And how do you do that? Well, we do that by taking training we do that by engaging in the activity under rigorous standards, and then we know. Uh, I, this uh, well, two weeks ago, two weeks ago, we uh, held a training class. We actually held a couple of training classes. Soon as the gun did, we held a couple of training classes, and folks showed up with guns. Obviously they showed up with guns. They showed up with holsters. They showed up with magazines and ammunition and so forth. And that's a good thing. And what many discovered was that what they thought before they came to the class, what they thought was okay or good or good enough actually wasn't a great example is the, the, uh, ubiquitous black stitched nylon holsters the ones that, that have all the adjustable straps and all the Velcro and everything on them, and you go to the store and they're like, oh, you want to buy this one because because this one's like a universal holster. You can, you can fit all kinds of different guns. It's a one-size-fits-all guns. But in reality, when you get out to the range and you actually try to engage in real genuine training, you find out that, that it's not a one-size-fits-all. It's a one-size-fits-nothing and all of those straps and Velcro closures and all that stuff, uh, not really such a great idea. Uh, don't Doesn't really work very well. Sometimes people borrow guns, and that's perfectly fine. If you do not own a handgun, but you really want to, well, and, and women do this quite often. Women do this more often than men do. Men will almost never borrow a handgun to take a class. They'll buy one. They'll go out and they'll buy one. Now, they'll, and they're, you know, you can do that. But women, what they'll do is they'll borrow a gun. They'll come to class and they'll either decide, wow, I, I really like this gun. Or mm, there's probably a better option for me. And we had that situation. We had a couple of, uh, well, a few women come to class and some of them had borrowed guns to take the class and by the end of the class, they're like, wow, this, I i did it, and we had one woman who showed up, and she had, uh, she was not a, a, a large woman, she was a regular, you know, small to medium-sized woman, and she had told a, a, a friend or relative, I can't remember which, but that she needed a gun to take this training class, and so they lent her a Beretta Model 92. Now, if you know anything about the Beretta Model 92, you'll know that's a—it's a, it's a rather large gun when it comes to nine millimeter handguns it's pretty good pretty good size and if you have medium or small female hands it takes a tremendous amount of effort to make that machine work to run the controls and what have you and she did she was a champ she uh she had to struggle some you had to get the slide to lock back. She had to struggle to get that, to constantly work that uh, decocking lever, you know, the safety decock that's mounted on the slide, which is just a terrible, terrible idea. But she did it. She did it. And she performed. Now, what we let her do is we let her shoot a uh, much more compact, slim Glock Model 48 that doesn't have a whole bunch of external safeties and isn't, you know, super wide and thick. And she's like, wow, this is so much easier and so much more comfortable to shoot. And I was like, yeah, I know. So now she knows she has the experience to make a good decision. We've had people show up on ranges with guns that they've owned for a while. Guys are like, I've owned this gun for a long time. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. How many rounds you have through it? Oh, I don't know. I'm not sure. When when people say, oh, I don't know, I'm not sure, that means they probably don't, they haven't shot it very much, if at all. Then they come to the range for the first time, and now we require them to fire several hundred rounds under realistic and practical uh, circumstances, and they come to the realization, like, wow, this is not as good as I thought it was going to be. This does not run as well as I thought it was going to. This thing actually has, I had multiple stoppages with this thing. We had all kinds of, uh, strange and unusual stoppages. We actually had a 40 Smith and Wesson, uh, where the cartridge, instead of loading into the chamber, flipped around backwards. Yes, flipped around backwards. And the, the, uh, base of the cartridge was trying to go into the chamber, which you should know will not work. And when that happens, the gun stops working and, uh, you have to take the time to sort it out and fix it. So, ladies and gentlemen, the best way to figure out what is actual good gear and the more is to get to a training class and to get experience. You see, the more experience that you have, the better you will be able to choose or decide between what gear is good, solid, reliable, high-quality gear. And what gear seemed good in the marketing, uh, you know, the, the marketing material made it seem cool and sexy, but then when you, when the, uh, the rubber hits the road and reality checks in, uh, you realize, hmm, it's not that great. It's not that great. I know everybody likes, you know, American men, we love to talk about guns and we love to talk about accessories and we love to talk about all that good stuff. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with talking about guns and considering guns. I, I talk about guns all the time, uh, but when I talk about them, I'm considering and I'm thinking about: is this a solid, high-quality piece of gear that I can rely upon, or is it a hobby gun? Is it man jewelry? There's a lot of there's a lot of firearms out there that can be. Uh, readily classified or honestly classified as little more than man jewelry. Now, man jewelry might be fun and it might be nice and it might be something that you like to show off to your buddies. But when it comes to keeping yourself and those who you love alive, when it comes to protecting the innocent from the evil, man jewelry is not going to cut it. Man jewelry is not going to cut it. So there you go. And, And of course, going back to mindset, why why is mindset so important mindset is important because it choose it makes you choose the tactics you're going to use it makes you engage in training and practice so that you have skill and mindset also translates into what you're buying and what you're carrying so mindset tactics skill and gear are the four pillars of combat I hope you've enjoyed this uh, four-part series here at Student of the Gun University Podcast. I am your host, Paul Markle. Remember, you're a beginner once, a student for life. Thanks for joining us today. We are big fans of the Value for Value model. Please go to SOTGU.com to contribute the amount that best fits the value that you got out of this lesson. It could be $5 or $5 million. By contributing, you will help the show grow and assist in the education of your peers. And remember, you are a beginner once, a student for life.